Okay, welcome to a special interview episode of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh. Before we send it over to 610, I'd like to thank our patrons, Thomas Donolov, Linus, Andreas, Tobias, Anton, Zachary, and Lucas. Tobias as well. A special thank you to him for uh, putting together our intro and extra music. But let's get right to it. I'll let uh, 610 introduce our interview subject. 610, take it away. Our guest today is, uh, well, he's a, he used to be a former offensive defenseman. He scored 111 points, 50 of those being goals in 175 well, it used to be the Swedish Elite Series, but SHL games, we call it nowadays. He played for five teams, five seasons. Welcome to the show, Mr. Richard Lindner. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Uh, good to be with you guys. Uh, let's talk about hockey. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned before that it's a, it's a very big national holiday in Slovakia today on November 17th uh, for the revolution. And uh, But you still want to talk hockey with us, and we're, we're very grateful about that. Um, so... There is never a bad time to talk about hockey. I completely it? agree. Um, let's get right into it. You spent five seasons, more or less, in Sweden for five different teams. Um, what made you come here in the first place? When you when you arrived, um, you should uh, mention you played with Modo in the first your first team. Yeah, stint. I was I was a young kid, you know, trying to uh, get to the NHL, and uh, obviously with my offensive-minded, uh, you know, uh, uh, game. It uh, wasn't easy. Uh, it was uh, obviously a long time ago when uh, when uh, most of most of the defensemen uh, were playing really actually defense, as they were called defensemen, and uh, <laughs> and a game like a mind game was uh, not very traditional. And uh, but you know I was always tra- I, I mean always trying to stick out. Uh, from all the others, and uh, that was, I guess, my way to, uh, you know, show something different than all the other defensemen, all the other guys who I was competing uh, for the for the spot, uh, uh, let's say, on the power play on the team. Yeah. And uh, that was the times when I uh, actually played few games in NHL for Nashville, and uh, and uh, I, in that uh, in the last season, I couldn't, you know, get my uh, actually a real spot on the team so uh, i made the decision and i came back made the one step back in my opinion or in my view at that moment and uh came back to europe and uh played one season uh, with modo and uh and uh, i uh, fortunately i i after that season i earned uh, another chance to uh to come back to the nhl so uh, so uh, that was a very interesting year for me you played with Modo, uh, scoring an, an quite impressive 21 points in 28 games back in 2001-2002. Um, then you moved on to the New York Rangers. You played with uh, Hartford Wolfpack, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and also Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins in the AHL. Then you came back once again, and I gotta say, this is the season I kind of remember the most with you in Sweden, playing for Djurgården in 2003-2004, because I remember I was 18 back then, and I just kind of got into, you know, more than just watching hockey, a bit more, a bit, a bit more, you know, analyzing hockey, and I realized Djurgården mm-hmm. acquired Lindner. I went, oh my god, this is going to be awesome, and it was. He scored 18 goals and 13 assists in 41 games. What can you kind of tell about that season with Djurgården? Because to me, it felt like you said you were more of an offensive defenseman. You were almost like the fourth forward at some point. Did you have like a free role, or what was the kind of 
talking. You know, uh, your Gordon in those years uh, played the famous torpedo system. Yes. Where, uh, where uh, I felt even before the season when we spoke with uh, Nicolas Vikegord, I think he was the uh, the head coach of that of that team. Yeah. Uh, we spoke uh, together about that, and uh, he uh, he. Uh, Ask me to uh, think about you know moving to uh, to Dear Gordon after my uh, after my you know time back in uh, North America and you know try to uh, play on his team for this uh, for this uh, system where you know one of the defensemen is basically playing forward and uh, and one of the forwards is playing like a D so uh, we thought you know it could be a could be a nice fit for me, uh, and uh, obviously, you know, we were we were right because I thought that 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 season was was uh, wonderful, was spectacular. We uh, we uh, played very well uh, during the regular season, and unfortunately, our playoff uh, you know uh, playoff uh, didn't go so well. We actually got killed by Frölunda, <laughs> uh, so. Uh, so that wasn't a happy happy finish, but uh, but the season and the year in uh, in uh, Stockholm was uh, was for me uh, really really cool. You actually scored uh, tied with Stefan Pettersson the most goals with Dior Gordon. Actually, you played nine game, games less than Stefan Pettersson, which is an incredible feat. Yeah, Stefan uh, got lucky that year. He got lucky <laughs> that I got suspended. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll make sure he gets that note. Uh, then then he moved over back to. Back to the NHL for one more. Uh, no, sorry, you moved to Switzerland. Sorry, I, I went uh, yeah. back a bit in time. Uh, you made moved to Switzerland for two seasons before coming back once again. This time to Hjelleftio. And I gotta ask, and I had, we had a, a listener also asking this kind of question. Was it on kind of purpose moving around this much, or did it just happen? Because you played for quite a few teams, not only in Sweden but throughout your career. Was this on purpose, or was this more of a, it just happened kind of thing? Uh, my plan was to actually be on uh, not even on the different teams uh, within one league, but to uh, to have actual experience with as many leagues as possible. Uh, because I I realized really early in my career that uh, this is a great opportunity to uh, get to know you know from the first hand uh, everything about uh, about uh, hockey, professional hockey. And then in mm-hmm. the same time, you know, I got paid for it. So I was getting the uh, actual, uh, um, you know, uh, experience. And uh, as, uh, you know, my my teammates and uh, my friends, my GMs, my coaches, they uh, they found out very early that I, I this way I got to know many uh, players, many, many other other GMs and coaches. And actually, after the practices, very often I went to the uh, up to the office of the of the teams where I played, and I was trying to help and and see see how how the things are done, you know, oh. on, on the, the on the team where I played. So uh, so when I was uh, finished with my career, I I actually could have started right away uh, and uh, you know stick with hockey, even though. As not a, as a player, but as a, as a as a person who was, you know, who understood uh, lots of it from the first hand, not from uh, if someone told me that how it is in Sweden, because I could have said, you know, I know how it is in Sweden because I was there five years. And if someone tells me, hey, 
you know what, you know how it is in Switzerland? I said, yes, I know how it is in Switzerland <laughs> because I played there two years. The same thing with Finland, the same thing with Russia, the same thing with NHL or American Hockey League. So uh, I think it was uh, it was something what I purposely uh, was trying to get. And, and on the other hand, I have to admit that after, especially it was in Switzerland, when after second season, I basically realized like, hey, I love, uh, you know, the organization. I loved, you know, Freiburg Gotteren was, was, was awesome. Yeah. But I had a great teammate, a great management, great coach. And I just realized that, okay, but I, this is starting to get boring for me. It's like the same, same thing all over again. And I need to move again somewhere else. So I get new challenges. So it's going to get, again, exciting for me. And, uh, and uh, that's what I did. Basically, the only team where I came, Back more than two times was uh, Dynamo Minsk uh, with, with KHL. But, oh yeah, that's uh, true. I had uh, you know big break between those uh, between the second and the third year, so uh, so that was that was different a little bit. So uh, let's go on a side note here because this is interesting. So at a, at a very early stage, you kind of realized you wanted to be involved with hockey af- even after playing, and you kind of just used everything you got. Yeah, you know what? I, I I don't think many people know, but I was also uh, at some point uh, around when I was like 30. So it was still like six, six, seven years left in my professional career. I was also representing some guys as as an agent. And I tell you the story. I was representing uh, one of my guys was uh, Peter Elvetsky. He played in uh, he played up in uh, Sweden a little bit too, but yeah. he was playing in Slovan Bratislava uh, at the same time when I was playing in Dynamo Minsk, <laughs> and uh, we played against each other. And basically, we played in the moment when I was negotiating prolonging his uh, new deal with Slovan. And we played against each other, you know, evening. It was, let's say, the Friday night game. And yeah. uh, and he actually, <laughs> he actually scored a game-winning goal. <laughs> and the game-winning goal was my own goal. But <laughs> obviously, oh. I, I didn't do it on purpose. Of course, I didn't do it on purpose. But, you know, those guys who knew that I was representing him uh, said that, hey, they have, like, said it, actually. He said, well, I've seen agents do, done anything for their clients, but to score own goal, that must be like the ultimately maximum what you can do <laughs> for the for your client. But yeah, hey, I, I just repeat, it wasn't on purpose, but you know, like, you know, it was just unlucky bounce, but, but funny, I guess it's a good story. It is, it was indeed, yeah. That, but how did that come together? How did you kind of manage to do that on well, well, on the side what, of playing. Since, since I told you, I, well, I was I was spending lots of time in offices uh, with the, with the clubs I was playing. Uh, you know, I was doing the networking. You know, the, you know, let's say uh, a coach or a GM comes to me and asks me about, hey, what do you think about this player? Can you do some homework? You know, get some information because you played, you know, for his former teams. Uh, you. You have friends. Uh, you can ask uh, firsthand uh, about uh, about let's say that player. And I, I I was starting to do this homework, and I realized that the same thing on the other side. Players were approaching me, and they asked me, "Hey, you know every GM, you know, can you get me a job, you know, there and there?" And I was basically connecting, you know, the interest from one side to 
to the interests uh, on the other side. And then at some point I say, okay, let's try, you know, this could be a nice experience. Let's do it as a business and uh, and let's uh, let's try to you know uh, you know see uh, how is it uh, to be an agent so uh, so i have that experience after a couple of years though i didn't like it because i didn't have the the heart to you know lie to players so i said okay this is not the, my future but it was a wonderful experience for me that's awesome well that's yet another thing you kind of put on your resume to suppose um but let's 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 get back to to the actual hockey you came back uh for a fourth time um in 2007 well no sorry i want to go back to Jaleftio actually because i i spent quite a lot of time in Jaleftio as the podcast listeners know uh my my wife's well the, the family of my wife they live there so we go up a few times a year and I keep pushing for Skellefteå as a real hockey town in Sweden, and that spawns the question because you spent time in Stockholm, Skellefteå, Engelholm, Karlstad, and also Örnsköldsviken. Those are different hockey towns. What kind of memory sticks out from your time in Sweden? Um, Off the ice, I should say. Uh, you know what? Well, I obviously I I felt I saw you know how different it is. Uh, what is the differences between between the northern uh, part of uh, you know Sweden and the southern part, and obviously the uh, the uh, Stockholm area is very specific too. But but overall, I cannot say that I like one more than the other part because uh, you know I found I found a really um, for me a really really nice things about uh, you know the northern part and the same thing about the. Uh, the uh, you know Helsingborg and uh, you know uh, you know southern part uh, yeah. of the Sweden and uh, my twins were born in Stockholm so so of course I ha I, I have to have uh, good memories about that <laughs> and uh, and uh, but I have to, I, you know like just to make it simple uh, I see uh, and I saw uh, differences between uh, I I don't say the culture but maybe a little bit the mentality of people. And yeah. I and you know I just have to say I loved uh, all, you know every single spot I, I I lived, and generally if people or someone ask me like where was my most favorite place to play all over you know all from all those places I where I have played I say I cannot pick one because I I loved to be everywhere I played like I loved it and yeah. maybe. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I still have a good uh, connections and good friends everywhere. Because uh, you know, if I, you know, enjoy that time, and then I hope that obviously those other people enjoyed the time with me, you know, working with me. That's true. That's true. And someone told me uh, I can't remember. I spoke to a player the other day that you, you kind of, it's kind of humbling, uh, a humbling experience to be able to play hockey and just do that for a living no matter where you play and I, I, I guess that's the kind of gist of the, of it all uh, just being able to have fun and enjoy the moment um, moving on um, you came back for uh, your well to Karlstad the next season playing with Färjestad uh, where you yet again scored 20 plus points you had a great season points wise and you lasted eight games in the playoffs uh, no matter where you played you were kind of not disappointing, but you never kind of 
made your mark on that on that Swedish championship. Is that something you kind of think about today, or was thinking about back then, maybe? Uh, you know, uh, my first season with Modo, we lost in the finals. Yeah. And uh, and that was against the various that strong team. They never lost one game. I think that playoffs. And oh, after true. that, after that. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I have to say I never made a really big mark in the playoffs overall in uh, Sweden. Uh, I was always uh, better in the regular season. Uh, I don't know. I, and I was I, I, I was thinking about it, like, why why was that? If it was, uh, like, my, my kind of game or my attitude or something. But I know myself I, I know it wasn't the attitude uh, maybe just uh, for some reason uh, you know playoff playoff hockey is is a little bit different and I wasn't uh, maybe good enough or uh, capable of uh, switching to the playoff mode so quickly before you know it was too late but uh, I I have to say also I had a really really tough controversy uh, you know, personal, obviously, with uh, with the Jim Britain, uh, <laughs> my really good coach in Modo, and uh, you know, now we met with Jim and we actually spoke about it, so we were laughing. But but I I remember how he benched me the last final game. It was the last game of the finals against Feriestad, and he asked me one question, like, "Hey, Rich, like I'm gonna bench you now, and you wanna be." on the bench or you want to be in the stands oh. well i told him that i, I want to be on the bench i don't want to leave my guys you know my team you know if i'll be sitting in the, on the bench like the whole game i never touch the ice okay uh, let's be it but i'm not gonna be sitting outside uh, you know my group so uh, so i did it and two weeks after that i uh, scored the the you know uh, deciding goal in the in the semi-finals in World Championship against Sweden, and we <laughs> made it to the final, and we won the championships in uh, Gothenburg. So, so uh, at the first thought, actually, after that moment, I was thinking about Jim, and I was I was t- telling myself like, hey, uh, hey, Jim, I hope you're watching because this is the this is the thing you were missing when you benched me. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, That's yeah, I was, awesome. uh, I, I, you know, now obviously I'm laughing about it, but it, you know, uh, you know, obviously it was a big lesson for me back then. Yeah, I can imagine. We should mention that you have that World Championship gold medal and also a World Championship bronze medal to your resume. So uh, it's an impressive feat, uh, to say the least. Um, then you spent a few years away from Sweden. You came back uh, for your last stint in 2012. 2013 playing with uh, then Rögle uh, in the bottom half of, of, of the SHL or Elite Serien as it was still called back then. Um, what was your, what's your experience uh, with Rögle? How would you describe that? You know, it was very different than, than everywhere else where I played because the, the team was, in my opinion, you know, you know sometimes when I, it was back uh, late in my career, so I could actually tell if the team has a good potential, or, or and we are just uh, not playing well, or if the team is is not having a good potential and we need to change something. In that moment, that was the first time when I when I saw 
like huge potential. We had a really, really, really good team. We had a really good coaching. Like the whole organization was, I thought, like the whole setup was really, really good. And I couldn't believe how it was possible that we basically didn't play higher in the standings in the regular season. And then we actually, you know, lost in the, the relegation round and, uh, and went down to the lower, lower, lower league. So I, if you ask me, like, until today, I still don't know what was the problem because the team, we had really good imports, really good local guys, good coaching. And for, for some reason, it didn't, it, it didn't work out very well and I don't up until this day I don't know the answer why why was that because I really thought that the, that team was had a huge potential huge potential that's kind of interesting because whenever you talk to someone uh, playing for a team that well can't really find their groove or are in a bad place they everyone tries to pinpoint something and usually you kind of do we were we're not shooting enough. We're not getting towards the net. We're not helping our goalie, stuff like that. But sometimes this kind of occurs that we don't have an answer or we don't know because everything seems to be in place. And I gotta ask: Is it just a matter of bad luck? Could it be? No, I, I don't. That? No, no, no. I don't believe in bad luck. I don't believe in bad luck. Everything has to have the answer. But you know what? I just admit, even though. Many times I say that I have the answer for everything and, you know, I piss people off because of that. But I, I actually don't have the answer for this. But I believe, truly believe that there is answer and I don't believe in a good luck or bad luck. If there is such a such a thing as a good luck or bad luck, then it's all in your hands. You either go towards to the good luck and you're helping, you know, the, all the, you know, details or all the, you know, whatever is happening around. Uh, you go towards it or you go away from it. Uh, when you're going away from it, then the, the chance that you're going to get unlucky, you know, is obviously huge. And if you go towards the, you know, you do the right things, you know, you have a good preparation, you have, the, you know, the good ex- execution, then obviously you're going towards the good luck, if we can call it a good luck, and then then good things happening too. And this is uh, my experience in uh, not only in hockey, general overall interesting um let's cut away from your time in sweden and and just i gotta ask a, a kind of general question about from your perspective what's the general perspective of on swedish hockey in slovakia because we see quite a few guys coming from slovakia to sweden either to kind of rejuvenate their career or kind of use it as a I don't know, stepping stone towards the NHL, the, the KHL or something like that. Is the Swedish hockey hockey league still in high regards in Slovakia? Yes, it is. Um, um, generally, Swedish hockey league and the Swedish hockey is uh, presented in the Slovakian hockey uh, community as uh, number one. It, it's, it should be, that, that's like the... Uh, optimal optimal uh, uh, system and, and environment and execution and everything you know in in European hockey that's like the number one sh- I would say the showroom of how it should be done however however I am the one of the people which is not really favoring Swedish 
a hockey school and uh, and the system uh, as much as I'm more I'm a bigger fan of the Finnish style. Uh, Swedish style is even though my game was very much play playful yeah. uh, right now or 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 last years I realized that uh, that that playfulness is actually hurting you know um, the results and yeah. uh, and uh, and lately I've been uh, I've been obviously pushed into the results overall in my job and in uh, in sports general and that's why I uh, like and I'm favoring a bit better, uh, let's say, the, the Finnish style, which is not as playful, where it's, where it's a little bit more kind of like the hard, painful effort uh, in place than, than the, the, the happiness and the playfulness, uh, we, what we see in Sweden. But in general, I think uh, whatever you guys doing in Swedish hockey and everyone, that's, that's possible. Uh, the, the success of this kind of work is possible only in Sweden. And if you bring the Swedish system somewhere else, you're going to fail. You bring it to Sweden, it's obviously the number one system, the number one results what you can get in hockey overall. But it's working only in Sweden and nowhere else it would be working for sure. That's very interesting. So in kind of what you've been doing over the past five years we've talked about this before before we kind of started recording is you are you are now the former ceo of the slovak uh, extra liga uh, the, the hockey league in slovakia so using your experience from from well all of your career what kind of can you kind of pick the races from wherever you've been to form uh, your own kind of bubble in in hockey bubble is a bad word these kind of these days but your own kind of system let's use that yeah word. you know what um uh, you know, i was i was trying to pick the best uh, you know during my career from the sports wise from the hockey wise and i can say and i'm i'm pretty sure that that my my perform my hockey performance even though the numbers say a little bit different but uh, but my performance was getting as my career went on was getting better because of that experience i get and i had to adjust lots of things what i was doing as a young kid now i see that it was wrong but but you know in the in the late stage of my career i knew it was wrong and i was doing it correctly so i think that the that sports wise in the end of my career i was playing my best hockey but then when i flipped to the business side uh the business uh, world of uh, sports is a little bit different and I have to say, I had to put together many different uh, aspects, and uh, especially in Slovakia, the the business, uh, the sports business is very unique, is very different than everywhere else. Then I had to be really, really smart and uh, and seal and use the, also the feeling of the environment and put it into the you know the business system, so we so I could have uh, became successful. Um, I cannot bring, I couldn't bring uh, the Swedish business system or Finnish or Swiss business system into the into the reality here because you know people don't buy hockey the same way. They buy it differently than the Swedish people buy it in Sweden. People buy it in in Finland. So uh, so uh, that there, my experience uh, from around the world was 
uh, was a good experience, but I couldn't use it as much uh, as as in my hockey years. That's interesting indeed. Which kind of brings me to the next question: uh, What's the status of hockey in Slovakia today? You you get some. Uh, I don't want to say, we've seen a few Slovaks actually making the leap to the SHL this season with Jan Ordos, for instance, with Oskar Sam. Uh, where are you guys standing right now? Is it a new generation coming along or what What can we expect from Slovakian hockey going forward? Well, right now, um, I think I think uh, uh, if we look uh, in regard of uh, of the hockey, like the players' production and development, I think we are moving forward. Um, I think uh, uh, because of the league was getting healthier, uh, lots of uh, uh, kids were getting opportunity in a very, I'll say, competitive environment. So for them, it was a, a good chance to. Um, acquire skills which they can use in a professional hockey overall. So slowly, I I thought and and I had a feeling that uh, we were going into the progress. And also the national team, uh, our national team uh, was uh, with the new coach uh, Craig Ramsey and uh, and the GM uh, Miroslav Shatan was doing a uh, lots of progress. But right now. Obviously, the whole momentum is uh, is uh, is basically uh, broken, and uh, uh, right now we have to go back and focus on the smaller details. And in this area, in the area small details, we are still lacking the the real, you know, the real questions and the real answers. So in this way, I think Corona and this pandemic situation. Is gonna be hurting our hockey a bit more than it's hurting, let's say, German, Swiss, or uh, or or Finnish hockey right now. Okay, so you're can't you're you're losing uh, well time. Yeah, our our short-term future is not looking as good as it was before the Corona time, for sure. Is there well there is. Hockey being played. I am just watching the scores right now, uh, and uh, this brings me to. I think our last question for the day. You've been more than generous with your time, and I, I've really enjoyed our our, our our talk. But I gotta ask you. For me, the only hockey team. I'm sorry, Lucas, who kind of uh, put this interview together. Who is a huge Slovan Bratislava fan. But the only hockey team that I kind of comes to mind for me when we talk about Slovakia is Tukla Trenčín. And you are from Trenčín. What makes Trenčín a special hockey town? I should probably ask you. Well, it is it is a hockey town, and uh, and uh, also uh, many guys from the wider region. If they are having a talent, and uh, or they 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 would like to work with it, you know, they go to Trenčín, and uh, that's why the Trenčín uh, with the with the identity what uh, what has, and uh, you know, uh, many former successful players. They are, we are all living here in Trenčín, so so many many of the guys are involved uh, with the team, and you know like that uh, that uh, that process started obviously let's say 40 years ago, but but right now we are and Dukla Trenčín is benefiting out out of those great years, let's say 40 years ago when they were de- developing uh, kids. Uh, who made it to the NHL on basically yearly basis, 
and yeah. now all those guys are 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 around 40, 40 in in 40s let's say 50s and they all stick around and they are part of the club and obviously the uh the know-how and all the experience what Dukla Trenčín as a club as an organization has compared to the other all the other ones are much bigger so i am uh, also expecting uh, in the near future that Dukla Trenčín is going to be uh, sending lots of positive messages uh, around yeah we should just before we kind of end the question part here we should mention that some of the names who who are born in Trenčín are Marian Gaborik, Zdeno Shara, Jubomir Sekeras, yourself. We've seen quite a few people coming out of Trenčín, uh, not only being born there, obviously, like you said, through their system, but it's it's an awesome hockey town and uh, it really deserves a shout out, especially in these uh, these times where everything is just upside down. You know what's what's funny if you're talking uh, if you're saying this, you know, we we uh, had years and it's not far back. When we had every year, we had the Stanley Cup in Trenčín, and, and you know what? It became to be boring. You know, <laughs> the Stanley Cup party wasn't wasn't even that unique anymore. You know, it was hard to you know make it exciting when you have it every year. <laughs> I think it's kind of hard to find another European town or city that makes a Stanley Cup party boring after a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, but that's you know, obviously, I'm joking about it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. But but still, uh, thank you so much for joining our show, Richard. It's been re- truly awesome to have you on. And if you want, you're more than welcome to hop back on uh, down the road to talk more about Slovakian hockey, to talk more about hockey, or just you know, talk hockey in general, the NHL, whatever. Um, I wish you all. Uh, I wish you a happy holiday today. And uh, well, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, and you know what? If I can use this opportunity, I want to say hello to all the wonderful people in Sweden. What I met and what uh, you know helped me uh, to be you know better every day. For sure. Anyone you want to shout out in particular? That's okay as well. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna say hello to Grandma. Uh, he will know who I mean. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you so much. And once again, thank you to Lucas who sent uh, set this interview up as well. Um, I'm going to call it today. You're gonna, you, you can return to your family to, to your holiday today and uh, we'll talk again down the road. Okay. Take care. Take thank care. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Good luck. All right. Once again, a very big thank you to Richard Lintner for joining us on the show. Uh, this was, like I mentioned, a special interview episode, but hopefully we will be back to getting our new regular episode out either Sunday or Monday. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk soon.